Chicago with the lead. Batista with the catch. Oh! LeBron James with no record for human life. Hand down, man down. Yeah, I can see how disrespectful he's being right there. No, I went to Temecula and brought you some dirt. Yeah, that's a technical. <laughs> Welcome back to the bounce. I am Kev with you or with me, I should say, are some very special guests. We have two of Bite Size's own content creators. We have Johnny NFL, the host of Necessary Roughness every Tuesday nights at nine. And we have our resident NASCAR MLB and tonight, our NHL expert, Nate, in the house. We'll start with you, Nate. Welcome. How you feeling tonight, sir? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, a lot of exciting things going on in the world of sports, but especially in the world of the NBA here. Um, i got to say, I feel good about this show and feel good physically because I just went on a four-mile hike earlier. So there we go. Ooh, attaboy. John, how are you going to match that? Yeah, no, I was sedentary today. I just had a couple meetings. I cannot match it. Took my kids on a walk, so I got a little cardio in, but uh, not quite the not quite the hike like Nate there. No, I had uh, another show before this, so I changed jerseys in between. That was uh, that was a good exercise for me. I'm back in the KG. There we go. Got some continuity there. Yeah. yeah. I got, yeah, John's I got last KGs. appearance in the archives. You got two, got KGs. two KGs. I'm looking for a Brooklyn number two. I'm in the market for one. In the hit market. Us up, hit us up in our Discord if you have a Brooklyn KG. Yes. I think, uh, John. You got a lead on one. I need to round out the collection. <laughs> Speaking of leads, John, can you give us an update on the current Eastern Conference Finals Game 5. He is going to be our update in the NBA world today. What's yeah, going on? I got the game going on a side screen. Commercial break right now. Celtics are up 47-32. to 32. Uh, Haywood Highsmith just came up with a big steal and layup on the break. They say don't touch it. Trust guys with two first names, but I don't know about guys with two last names. What you think about that? But Haywood Highsmith making big plays for the Heat in the absence of uh, – Gabe Vincent, who's out tonight, um, which is a bigger hit than it may seem like to if you've missed a couple games this playoffs or um, anything like that with with Tyler Hero going down, Oladipo going down. Vincent's had a huge role, um, but you know the Heat, the Heat are well. Probably it was before Game Four, uh, but before Game Four, they were three and one in games in which they trailed by ten or more at at one point or another. So Tell you know, me they might, a chance. They might have them right where they want them. I don't know. Um, it's in Boston, though. The Garden's rocking, so we'll see I, what happens. I don't know who it was. I can't remember the talking head, so I won't be able to credit anyone, but I did see a prediction earlier today that the Celtics would come back from 03. Was that uh, Greenberg? Was it? Maybe. It sounds like something an ESPN guy would do, but I, I don't know. I don't want to – I don't want anybody I to catch I saw that headline too. Yeah, I remember that. It was something like that. But I think I think there's a good chance they'll win this game. I still expect the Heat to win it. I don't – I cannot 
believe they are still oh. underdogs. We'll get into that. Jimmy Butler and Grant Williams just got tangled up a little bit. That's and bad there news goes. for the Celtics. Yeah, there it goes. And it's gone. And it's gone. So we'll dive back in to that game and that series and even preview the NBA Finals a little bit here later on throughout the episode. And John mm-hmm. will pop in as key updates are needed. And we will have some other updates throughout the night as needed because as i mentioned our resident hockey expert will be here and he will be nate showing us updates on the western conference right mm-hmm. western conference finals what do we got nate Send, yep. let us know what's going on yep so uh game four this evening between the vegas golden knights and the dallas stars uh, two of the top teams in the West. Uh, it is a 3-0 series currently right now for Vegas. The first two games mm-hmm. were pretty close. And then you had all hell break loose for the Dallas Stars in the last game with uh, their captain getting suspended for two games after a pretty wicked, uh, cr- I want to say cross-check to, um, why did I forget, uh, Mark Stone. When Mark Stone was on the ground, uh, so they suspended him two games. So if Dallas loses this game, uh, he's suspended for the first regular season game next year. Uh, but currently it's one-to-one right now. Um, it's about five minutes into the second period uh, with uh, William Carlson uh, scoring for Vegas and Jason Robertson scoring for Dallas on the power play. So it's, it's pretty close. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a slugfest. I mean, the West was not as many top teams compared to the East, but it, it definitely was real tight moving forward. Uh, so this series is kind of a bit of a surprise, even though a couple of the games have been pretty close. Um, you know, I kind of expected Dallas to win last game, but, you know, the Vegas came and knocked them out in the teeth, and Dallas never recovered. So, uh, you know... Michael Allen there, um, I can't I can't take anything seriously from a Packers fan, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, there it is. Shout out to Michael in the chat. We do appreciate you. And Nate will be popping in as needed to update us on the Western Conference Finals in the NHL because we don't have an NHL show here because despite – the narratives in the comment sections right now. We do hope to someday cover all of the wild world of sports. One day we're going to have to get someone who knows enough about baseball to chat with Nate or at least carry me through as a third leg in that race so we can talk baseball. But I don't know that we'll have any major major league updates for you tonight, but we will keep you up to date on conference finals in both the NBA and the NHL. (laughs) <laughs> Michael did not come here to catch straights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. You can also catch Michael. He's a co-host of Necessary Roughness Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, hanging out with John and Nick. And I very much look forward to the NFC North preview whenever that's going to be when we have three true fans Honestly, if we can't find a Lions fan, I might just volunteer myself for that episode because I just want to be a part of that whole debate. That'll that'll be a whole lot of fun, as you can tell already. And maybe we'll have some uh, fantasy football 
shenanigans going on. I hear rumors about uh, a network league incoming from the ADP folks. So, anywho, Nate, let's kick back to the NBA here for a second. We got John joining us right on time. Look at that. Wow. Major update. Tyler Harrow's on the bench dressed like the kid from Polar Express. <laughs> That's hilarious. It looks like shit. He has a it's it's like that with both the hat on. Um, oh, I I have Celtics to clip that. Sorry, say that again. Celtics still lead by eleven. Uh, Fifty to thirty-eight now. Twelve. Smarts at the line. Four twenty-three to go in the second. You know, after all that love, our how Tyler Hero will ruin the Heat's chances at the NBA Finals video got, I, I think I'm going to have to clip that special update. <laughs> He's already ruining it. <laughs> oh, man. So what do you think, John? We I want to stick with this game for the moment. I know we're going to end up coming back to it, but we're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. We're going to talk about LeBron. We're going to talk about new rules, talk yep. about the NBA Finals. So before mm-hmm. we go away from this – Looking at where we're at right now, we know Gabe Vincent's out. Do you see any chance that the Celtics win this series? Not just tonight, but is there any chance that they are going to make it out into the finals? You know, this sounds like a cop-out, but I I won't think that unless they win game six in Miami. Like, I feel like even right now, they come out of – Game five with another win, no Gabe Vincent. You go back to Miami for game six, like that's still a steep hill to climb. Um, you know, if maybe they do a whiteout, you're screwed if they do a whiteout. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It still it still seems really tough for me, and I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even count the Heat out of this game just because. How like how mistake? I mean, the Celtics seem like they've kind of got a rhythm back, but how mistake prone they've been, how hot and cold they've been shooting, mostly cold in the conference finals. Um, you know, save game four, of course, but I don't know. The Celtics look pretty good tonight, but the Heat again. It, it might be like because they came out the same way in game three, but the Heat kind of just ate their big haymaker in the second quarter and, and came back and, and dominated the rest of the game. So I, I could still see it swinging back that way. I'd, I'd, I'd give it 95-5 to the Heat, but 5% is actually kind of a big percentage. So that's a lot of respect for Boston. But <laughs> it's just – it's going to be really tough. If they, I mean, the Heat could just lose another guard, and then all of a sudden who's playing? Exactly. Um, so yeah, something like they, that could turn on turn it on its head. But I don't they, know. They could, uh, they could fall out. Yeah, they don't have much depth left. So, Nate, I'm going to push that same question to you before we move on. I'm going to add this here to the screen. So, we've got our fans over on Twitter voted. They said Heat 61% was what they said. That's who's going to win tonight. Nate, who do you think wins tonight? Uh, Celtics win going away, and I also – will throw down the gauntlet and guarantee that the Celtics make the NBA Finals. Throw oh. down the gauntlet. Guaranteeing it. Let's go. What? That is insane. All right. 
Nate throws down the gauntlet with a guarantee. I, I am shocked. Michael says, I'll be sad if Boston wins. They're just so unlikable. Maybe I just hate Dave Portnoy. <laughs> I don't know. I'd just be sad. Hey, uh, no, no, no arguments here, honestly. But I cannot believe it. We have another Celtics guarantee here. Uh, Nate, this I know this is like this is the hockey coming out of Nate here because it's not that big a deal for a hockey team to come back from 3-0 to win it all. That's if, if memory serves, it's never happened in the NBA. Never in the NBA. You've you yeah. certainly have had plenty of three one, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's ever happened in the NBA. I would have to look some more. I just you know like I feel like Miami's got to come back to earth a bit. I mean they have good players. Like don't get me wrong, but I, I mean Boston is just that much better. I mean. I, I don't remember the records off the top of my head, so just, you know, stay with me here real quick. But, I, I mean, this you know, the Celtics showed time and time again throughout the year, you know, that they were one of the best teams in the East, if not one of the best teams, you know, overall. I mean, they won the division by three games. They were only in the second seed by a game. But, you know, they had the second best overall record. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really watch much Miami heat basketball this year, aside from, you know, what's been going on in the playoffs, but it, it seems like Miami had some issues in the regular season gelling among other things. And I know they're hitting their stride at the right time, but aside from, you know, this consistency in the playoffs, I mean, how long is this consistency going to last? You know, that's a good question. You, especially with the players like Bam Adebayo, who has been inconsistent even in this very playoffs, but he's been better as they've as the playoffs have gone on. But yeah, he's always had that sort of Dr. Jekyll, the Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation where he'll have his really bad games and his really good games. And you wonder if if this theoretical situation happens, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because Jimmy finally hits a wall and he's run out of gas and he can't carry them anymore, or Gabe Vincent's injury lingers and they have no one else to play because at this point they're down to what Duncan Robinson is the last guy they can bring off that bench to start at this point, right? I don't know who else. Uh, if Hayward Highsmith, what if Hayward Highsmith goes down? You know, then then what are they going to do? They're going to everybody's going to have to put their notifications on. The Heat might be DMing you for a tryout at at point guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that's a sentence. Man, the Heat could be in trouble if Haywood Highsmith goes down. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they would be asking me for a tryout at point guard. I'm I'm a little not agile for that. Hey, listen, you can just. You know what? Your scouting report would say Nate can use his frame much like a Jalen Hood Shafino in the pick and roll. He uses his body well to get positioning inside. You know, we just we just won't pull the camera up. You know, we'll just it's all about how you phrase it. Okay, sorry. Uh, uh, Shameless plug. I have uh, my Jalen Hood Shafino NBA draft profile coming out on Sunday at the last word on sports. So check that out. I might just read it to you on this channel later on at some point. So be on the lookout. I did draft profiles here last year. I'd, I'd really like to do them for you guys again. 
Yeah, no one will be able to find it by search because you'll be you'll have to spell it to do that. So maybe they <laughs> maybe you should read it a little bit. I tell you what, play uh, being an NBA writer has helped me. Well, you know things like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know it makes things like okay, Hood Shafino. That's easy. I can do that. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Give me a hard one. Uh, <laughs> Michael's gonna take his talents to South Beach. <laughs> oh, Lee, welcome. What up, Chatters? Now's a good time oh, for me to mention uh that we appreciate you commenting and chatting we want to hear from you so let us know what you think about what we've been talking about are the celtics going to win this game if so will they win the series and uh, if you have any other thoughts later on in the show we will be giving a loose nba finals preview so if you have thoughts maybe like our dear friend James, who has already said that the Nuggets are going to win. He also said Heat in five. So while we're talking about it, I should, uh, as James' uh, representative today, point out that he did say the Heat would win this game. So Michael says, I'll just go in and foul like crazy. Let me at Tatum. There we go. So Michael's ready, ready to, uh, did, did you say, what did I say? <laughs> Giannis. Giannis. Did I say you know, Giannis? That, I might. That used to be a real role when Shaq was in the league. They would just get, you know, the the shittiest seven-foot white guy they could find and be like, listen, burn up fouls. We don't need anyone good getting fouls on Shaq. Todd Aging. McCullough. Todd McCullough, get out there. Chris Dudley. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Ostertag. Greg Ostertag. <laughs> Luke Longley. Yeah, man. That, yeah. that was a real role. Maybe a Scott Foster or a Scott Pollard. Jeff Foster, sorry. Scott, Scott Pollard. Pollard. Yep. Scott Pollard for the Kings back in the day. He's a foul eater. Oh, yeah. yeah it was a job. Stuff like, it was a real <laughs> job, yeah. I have to be I have to be careful now. I got to make sure I pronounce Giannis correctly. Yeah. yeah. Giannis. Well, <laughs> this is a 19-point game now. Who does? 40 seconds to go. Celtics are up by 19 here. Oof. Oh, Bam with a – oh, Jesus. Bam with, like, the ugliest seven-foot fadeaway that banks in from straight on. It was, oh, that was, that's – yeah, that's a Bam the shot. weirdest-looking shot. Yep. Yeah, he – despite whatever issues he's got offensively, he definitely does get the members role. Like, he, he's in the club. He gets that shooter's bounce a lot. Club, yeah. I, I don't get it. The gods look on him with favor. Before we switch to the Western Conference Finals in the NBA and talk a little bit about that, I believe Nate has a hockey update for us. I wish I had a soundbite. Yeah. 2-1 uh, Vegas now uh, after Jonathan Marsh's show, which I completely kind of butchered that. Uh, Michael, just, we need a pronunciation yeah, check. Just, Thank you. <laughs> Uh, just just scored off of a, a couple of assists from Braden McNabb and Jack Eichel. So, um, you know, getting after it here in the second. So I'm, you know, as a very biased individual, I'm I'm very excited right now. Uh, I mean, you can't see me because of my camera issues, but I am. Yeah, we should point out for transparency's sake that Nate is, in fact, a Golden Knights fan. Although no one else here, I, I don't believe has a dog in this fight. My Montreal Les Habitants are horrible. So, John, who are your – do you have a hockey team? Yeah, wild, but I'm not a huge – you know, I'm I'm 
I'm aware, I guess, of the of the goings on. Um, like if they're in the playoffs or whatever, but no, I certainly do not have a dog in this particular fight. You know, I think John here should be rooting for Vegas because Dallas Ooh. Dallas stole the stars from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's why we hate the Lakers too. We have all the lakes. That's true. What are we doing? Hey, I, I, the Oceaners. Over I've there. seen. I've seen some lakes in LA. They got some lakes. Doesn't count. Not yeah, in any water either. Uh, not as many. It's it's <laughs> not a defining feature of the landscape. I would love to know the one player that Michael knows not named Wayne Gretzky in hockey. Um, there we go. Lee says uh, he's got the biggest Vegas fan. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I do want to know the other player. I feel like it might be super obscure. Yeah, I hope it's some just like, yeah, I had this one hockey card growing up, and it's this guy. Oh, <laughs> it's funny. I don't know why, but John's uh, avatar is also a picture of Nate, so that's funny. So I feel, why? Is, I, I feel like I'm in the Matrix 4 or something right now. Jesus, man, John. Michael says Wisconsin has more lakes. What were you saying, Nate? I was like John with his with his wondrous photo right there. Yeah, he's looking. Listen, you guys, it'd be hard to pick you two out of a lineup. But, you know, I want to say I'm going to ask you something, Nate, because I can ask you this while we uh, wait to get into the whole Lakers Nuggets series. And we know that the Lakers got swept and we now have heard that LeBron James was injured throughout the entire playoffs. I believe it was a torn tendon of some kind. And that he is going to require surgery. So I ask you, Nate, do you believe this? these stories? And uh, do you think this means the end of LeBron's career? I I don't think it's the end of his career. I could see it more him take a year off and then play one or two more years because he really, really wants to play uh, with Bronny. So, you know, I mean, at times he didn't play very good um, in this series, but, I mean, I don't think anybody on the Lakers were very consistent to begin with. So, I, I mean... I do, I, you know, I wonder if they would have shot him up with a bunch of stuff to keep him going. <laughs> Varsity uh, Blues style? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I don't think the injury is probably as bad as it is, but, you know, maybe it's kind of given him an excuse to just, you know, take a bunch of time off and then move forward with, you know, playing with his son here in a, a year. Yeah, there are those, I think, wondering if this is a cap, as the kids would say. John, what do you think? Are you buying into the uh, how the legitimacy, the, the severity of this injury, and do you think LeBron will sit out a year like Nate suggests? Well, listen, if it's not cap, that's pretty wild. He played 48 minutes in game four, put up 40, 10, and 9. Um, like, I don't know, man. He... You know, and you could see it. I mean, he's been such an Iron Man his whole career, um, just a, a freak of nature. So maybe, um, 
but it's weird and also not weird that it came out after they were eliminated because mm-hmm. you don't want to tip off your own scouting report with like, oh, I'm I might be a little weaker trying to go to my was it what was his right? I'd be a little weaker going to my right. I might have the the side of the body wrong, um, but it's also weird because it's like, oh, we just got swept with you know skyrocketing expectations with every game we win and every round we win. Turns well, out I was I was, was kind of hurt. <laughs> like, it's whatever, you know, I put an asterisk over the Nuggets Western Conference Championship. Yeah, with a torn tendon in his foot. I did, I don't know which foot, but yeah, that is sort of the uh, uh, could need surgery this summer. Um, expects to take the next couple of months to get re-energized. I fully expect him to play next season. That's what I'm seeing. But I have to admit that I I kind of I'm pressing X to doubt here, Nate, because we've seen a few fibs, a few stretches of the truth from LeBron. I'm not doubting that he's hurt. Um, I have seen it happen and it hasn't been LeBron, but I have seen famous. Uh, well, in this case, it was, to be honest, it was Logan Paul, but I've seen people over-exaggerate, say that something was torn, and then it ends up not being torn, and then you just kind of never hear anything about it again. Now, this would be a little bit different, but it could very be could be possible that this isn't something that requires surgery. Uh, I, I certainly hope that it doesn't because I'm not ready to see LeBron be gone no matter how much I give him a hard time for some of his weird habits and his need to feel like he predicted everything uh ever uh so i think i think we'll see him next year i don't think he's gonna sit out i do agree with you nate he wants to play with brawny i think above all else that might be what keeps him in the league for another couple of years but i am hoping that this is more like that time when he hit that big three against the warriors and he claimed that he had been poked in the eye and there were three rims and he just aimed at the middle one i'm hoping this is one of those things where he's just seeing an opportunity to add to his legacy. And he can say, oh, by the way, you know how I had those? I was playing 48 minutes a game. I did that on a torn foot also. Um, I hope that's the case. I'd rather see that than this be the end of LeBron. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and the Lee says, let's see. Uh, I think he didn't want to admit that they went down in four. I, it could be something along those lines, right? Uh, <laughs> Michael with the Layla Energized. I love it. And James is here. Welcome, James. He forgot he was in the central time zone. <laughs> Welcome, sir. Glad to have you. Yeah. He doesn't really have a flu game. He needed something. Yeah. He now he's something got the, the uh, he's got the torn tendon series. Yeah. Now, exactly. it, now it can turn into uh instead of being a disappointment which is weird and we talked about this in the discord you know so check out our discord links in the description Uh, we talked about this when someone i believe it was espn was talking about this how shocking this was no one saw this coming and i got a little heated and kind of got angry and said this is this is some bullshit because anyone who watched 
from the end of the regular season throughout the playoffs saw this as a possibility. A lot of us weren't certain that the Lakers were going to get past the Grizzlies. And then all of a sudden, them getting swept by the best team in the NBA is a shock. No, it's a shock to ESPN because they've been pushing this narrative that the Lakers are good for as long as anyone will listen because they need the Lakers to be good because they're the biggest brand in basketball. I understand what you're doing, but it's just a little foolish. Now we see people like Chris Mannis coming out saying the Nuggets aren't compelling, they're not interesting, and that's why these major sports media companies aren't covering them. I think that's absolutely absurd. I think it's ridiculous. But, yeah, I it's – Anyone could have seen this coming with the Lakers, in my humble opinion. Uh, Michael says, the foot game. There we go. Yeah, he'll have that. Um, James said, my bad. I was watching the Heat get waxed. Yeah. Sorry, James. I did confirm your uh, Heat and Five prediction. Sorry. Things were a little... Things were looking a little better for you when we went live about it. But, you know, say mm-hmm. la vie. So we've talked a little bit about <laughs> LeBron being injured and all that. But can we talk about the Nuggets for a little bit? I feel bad that their name isn't first here. We, we got to give give them their flowers at this point, right? Because even the bigger brands that are doing it, they're doing so begrudgingly, acting like we're not to blame for not talking about this great team all year. I want to have you all know. And James, take your flowers in the comments as well. But this program has been preaching the gospel of the Denver Nuggets since the preseason. Mm-hmm. And we are here to do victory laps. I tweeted out an article that I published in March that said five real contenders for the NBA Finals. Who do you think was on the cover? It was the Denver Nuggets. So I'm sorry. I'm going to stop uh, bragging about this program. But we get some wrong. We, we got to talk about when we get them right. John, how are you feeling about the Nuggets? What's your takeaway from this sweep? And any thoughts you have about them leading into the finals? I'm feeling pretty good about them. Um, I don't. I think they'd be the comfortable favorite against either of these teams, even if the Celtics get really hot and um, and you know win the four straight. I think you still got to have Nuggets as the favorite. Um, it's a little disrespectful, not to frankly, um, just because they never wavered. You know it. It was never in question with them. The The Suns got a couple games, but it was when Devin Booker shot 85% from the field and, um, you know, just just irreplicable stuff. Um, you know, so it's just not – what I get what I get frustrated about is like kind of what you were hinting at, is that national tendency – to downplay the small market juggernauts in the NBA. Um, I mean, we it happened even when the the Duncan Spurs were at their best. Like it was there was still a little bit of that. Like, think about JJ Reddick uh said something really interesting today with Gilbert Arenas on his show, which is cool. Those are two of my favorite guys to listen to talk about basketball. Um, but that he feels like we're kind of easing into a period like that right after the Lakers three-peat when it was the Spurs won in 03, then it was the Pistons in 04, um, Spurs again in 05, 06. It was that Dwayne Wade Heat team where it was like, you know, up until the big three Celtics were back in it and the Lakers were back in it, there was that period of time where it was these small market teams, these boring good defensive teams without like, I mean, the Spurs obviously had Duncan, but without this unquestioned 
alpha superstar putting up these crazy numbers. Like Duncan was such a cog in the machine. It was a team approach. Yeah. It was a team approach. The Pistons were such a just go to work. Was that, was that era of the Pistons, right? Do you hear um, the lunch pail references, right? You know, everybody yep. shows up with their hard hats, the Boris D owls of the world, you know? Yep. The Spurs, potentially the, the Spurs second best player for a lot of those runs. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, was coming off the bench half the time, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the small market bias, you know, it is, uh, it is a frustrating thing to deal with. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to think that'll lean into Nate here because I want to ask him something being the casual observer, right. You know, he could be maybe someone who probably I could give you a pass if you don't know much about the Nuggets, Nate. So what is your thought now that you finally had some exposure to this team? Uh, do you think they're legit? Do you think they're the truth? And uh, do you think they should get more national attention? I mean, in all honesty, like, yeah, it may not be a very big market team, but my whole thing with it is, you know, there's a lot of compelling interest on, on the Nuggets, to be honest with you. I mean, how can you not be very in tune with what, you know, Jokic, or Jokic, excuse me, is, is doing? Careful, careful. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you've, you've got players such as, obviously, Jokic, you know, two-time MVP, could make an argument that should have been, you know, back-to-back-to-back. Um, Jamal Murray, after coming back from injury, a pretty gruesome injury, in my opinion, you know, Michael Porter Jr. kind of ended up coming into his own right. I mean, he was a very high prospect and he didn't seem to be very good at first. And I mean, you know, his college experience was not very much, I mean, with injuries and stuff. And there was a lot of questions there. I mean, you got Aaron Gordon, who is in my opinion, a cast off from the magic and, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And he's come into his own, own right there. Um, and how about for this past series with the Lakers dumping uh, Caldwell Pope? And, you know, I feel like he played very well in this series. Um, and I just want to, you know, give a shout out, not that the national media would give a shit, but just give a shout out to Thomas Bryant as a, you know, fellow Indiana Hoosier there. He seems hey. to be damage too Plus, yeah that's that's what he gets for asking for lebron to pass it when he had that record-breaking bucket in front of him right plus you know i mean i don't know if this would be the case but bruce brown seems to you know have a case for six man of the year or at least of late seems like he could have a case but you know they just have a lot of interesting pieces together and i don't feel like you know they're they're not one that traded in Wow, I didn't actually know that, James. That's actually pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's not like they traded for a ton of these players. I mean, they did get them in some trades, you know. But they have homegrown talent, and that homegrown talent is leading them, you know, to a potential title. Yeah, absolutely. And for the audio listeners out there listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, James, our wonderful co-host, has let us know in the comments that Joker was the fourth ever to average a triple-double in the conference finals, the other three being Wilt, 
Jason Kidd, and Magic Johnson. So that is awesome. Listen, this guy is on vacation, and he is still contributing to the show. So if that hasn't earned a like and a subscription or follow from you guys out there, then I'm not really sure what poor James could do. So, you know, if you could see it in your heart to give us a like, a sub, a share for, for poor James, who's working on his day off right now to provide you awesome stats while we talk NBA Conference Finals, we sure would appreciate it. And also hang out in our Discord. We'd love that, too. So, Nate, do you have a hockey update for us? Because we do have some hockey comments in here. So, anything going on in the world of ice? Yeah, so unfortunately, so Vegas went up 2-1, and now uh, Jason Robertson from the Stars tied it up uh, with another goal. So he's on his way to a hat trick, which hopefully he doesn't get here. Uh, but this is, you know, this game is kind of turning into a knockout, slugout sort of sort of game here. So we'll see how this goes. Okay, it is it is getting close, and we have to go back here because we got our answer, John and Nate. Uh, Michael, the other hockey player that he knows. <laughs> he met Nick Schmaltz. He's famous. You know, I have an interesting, ran into a famous person at a bathroom story, too. Maybe that's more for Dweeb, though. I, I met Rob Liefeld, uh, creator of Deadpool, at a bathroom once at a Comic-Con. Uh, so, you know, small world sometimes that lesson of the day, guys, you know, just uh, always be cool when you're in the bathroom. You never know what famous person might walk into the urinal next to you. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. And we have an, uh, we have another comment here just for Nate, which I love. We got. Oh, my bad. Oh, uh, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Double clicked it. Nate, are you a baseball guy? I know the answer to this one. Are you all in on Atlanta this year, or are you a Mets fan? Ooh, I'm going to just net. Nate, the floor is yours. Um, I mean, if I were a fan of the Mets, I would be in perpetual sadness. and <laughs> So, um, I mean, in terms of the NL East, you know, it's hard to not go with the Atlanta Braves because I think they're the most complete team in, in that division, um, even with some injuries on the pitch in front. I mean – just too many good bats in the lineup there, you know, all the way from the top to the bottom. Um, You know, I am unfortunately, as is Kevin, a fan of a very mediocre ass team at best currently in the uh, NL central with the Chicago Cubs. But you know, that whole division is basically mediocre ass. I mean, the AL central. Yeah, something about the Midwest and mediocre-ass baseball, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody in the in the Central. I mean, the Brewers are, you know, 27 and 22. But everybody else is at 500 or lower. Uh, but everybody's within six and a half games currently in the NL Central. Uh, unlike in the AL West, just to touch on this a little bit, with the Oakland Athletics being 10 and 41, and they are 22 games back already, and we're only 50-some games in. I like that. Thank you for the baseball minute, Nate. Now, again, those of you listening, we would love to bring more baseball content to you. So if you know someone, send them the link to our Discord or send them our Twitter. We'd love to talk to some folks and get somebody else up here. I will gladly work the buttons and pull up comments and be like, hey, Chatter said this, Chatter said that, and we'll let the experts talk baseball because, listen, I 
I uh, very graciously stepped away after Little League because uh, baseball was just not a thing. Now, I can still hit a mid-range jumper with some of the best in small gyms across the Midwest, but I, I can't do anything for you in baseball, all right? You know, uh, so stick around here for your basketball knowledge. But if you know some baseball folks, we would love to have them on sometime and talk to them, maybe even on a, a late night bites or a morning show. So, John, did you have any other thoughts about the Nuggets or about the Western Conference Finals that we didn't get a chance to address before? Yeah, sorry, Chad. My daughter escaped from uh, from her bedroom and showed up down here. I uh, just had to put her back. But, um, yeah, no, the the Nuggets – and and to uh, James's point, he was just pulling up some Jokic uh, all-time stats. He also has the most triple-doubles in a playoff run. Uh, in a single playoff run, he's got eight this uh, this year, which, uh, which passed Wilt. And he's going to get more, probably, you know. Um, right. I think that, you know, not only is the market a little muted um, from the national lens, the stars themselves are. Jokic and Murray might be the best duo in basketball, not in terms of, you know, cumulative individual talent, uh, but just as a unit, uh, in the way they play off of each other on the on the court, but they're both like pretty soft-spoken guys. They're not uh, necessarily marketing themselves a ton. They're not uh, super outspoken. They're not, you know, doing much off the court. Frankly, they're just hoopers, and that's not super sexy for the, the national media, for the average uh, consumer, or maybe the casual consumer of the sport. Um, but that's why the ratings thing kind of pisses me off, because it's like, if you like basketball, you're going to, you're going to want to see this team in the finals. Yeah. Like that. And there's um, plenty of stories too. You know, he mentioned some of them, like the Murray with the injury, the yeah. Jokic doing these things that he's doing. Just the the idea, if you really, if you're, you know, an NBA, either historian or someone who maybe just enjoys the league narratives versus I root for specific teams, how could you not like watching this Denver story? I, you You can equate it to the bad boy Pistons of the late eighties, or even take, you know, Jordan, there are these great teams throughout history who went through these growing pains who couldn't get over the hump. And then they finally did. And that's mm -hmm. what we're seeing on top of the, you know, Murray two years without playing and now gets to reassert himself as a top player in the league in front of the, the nation. There's all these cool little stories that I think for anyone to say that this team isn't compelling, they're just doing everything they can to save face to be like, yeah, my bad guys. I, I haven't been paying attention somehow. Yeah. I haven't paid attention to the team with one of the best records in the league throughout from beginning to end, you know, uh, maybe very early we had, uh, we had Utah, we had some weird things going on out West early on, but after about a month or so, Denver got to the top and they never, they never lost that lead. So how can anyone act like uh, this team isn't interesting for, for basketball fans is beyond me. Yeah, and we're not talking about the 2016 Hawks here that won 60 games. Like, 
No, this this is like it, it's not one of those one seats. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like you have a you have a back to back MVP on the roster, and people are worried about the ratings. Coulda, shoulda, might have been. Coulda, shoulda, would have been three. It's a regular season award. I get it. Um, but the dude is just undeniable. Uh, Jokic, I mean. And I think the, the cast they put around him is finally like perfectly complimentary. At the four, you don't need a stretch four because Jokic can stretch. So you get one of the best cutters and finishers you can find at the four. You get, you know, a K. A, Three and D KCP, um, Michael Porter when he's healthy is awesome, and then Murray obviously yeah the two man game with Jokic and Murray is unbelievable the way they play off each other because you can do the five one pick and roll or the one five or the one five yeah Jokic can handle it like it's so nuts yeah um, we were we were talking about that one of the last times we were live how when they went to the two man game it was Jokic running the point. With Murray yeah. posting up Schroeder and occasionally setting screens. And then, depending on if they switched or not, you could see Murray flare to the corner. And then, all of a sudden, they're switching. And so, then Jokic is like, oh, hang on. Let me actually get into the paint because they've put a guard on me out here on the perimeter. And they yeah. meanwhile, the other three are just kind of doing their own thing on the other half of the court. And normally... I'm kind of against that. Like that's been well documented. I don't like when three players on offense, if they're, I'm, I, it's one guy wants to stand in the corner. I respect that, but we shouldn't have more people standing around than we have moving on offense. Doesn't, doesn't tend to work uh, very mm -hmm. efficiently, very often. But how do you stop that when it's your seven foot tall center running the point, and then you have all those different options just off of a two minute <laughs> game? It just, and then meanwhile you got those other cutters while people, while everybody's focused. On that two-man game, you have a couple of very good cutters. And yeah. as you mentioned, a KCP who can just drift to the corner. And you have a seven-foot guy who can hit him across the court from any anywhere on the court. He's tall enough and has the passing mm -hmm. ability to do that. So, yeah, yeah. this is going to be really fun for people to watch, regardless of the matchup. Uh, it, I'm worried it just might not get – I might not be close. If this is boring, it's going to be because the Nuggets just roll. Exactly. Exactly. Because if it's right, you know, if you get a really competitive series and it's heat nuggets, if it, you know, if heat nuggets goes to six or seven and you've got Jimmy and Jokic both vying for their first title as sort of those, like, I don't, I don't know the, the, the group I would use to like put those two guys together, but it's both like kind of trying to get over the hump. Like there's, I mean, Jokic obviously is kind of ascended to the NBA mountaintop, at least in winning those MVPs. But he's been having to get, you know, in recent years, you got to get past Steph. You got to get past LeBron in the Western Conference. You've got Kevin Durant in the Western Conference that you had to get past in round two, um, where all, all the so-called experts are picking against you because these are like – that's – the old regime of, of stars that are always there. And then on the other side, you know, it's Jimmy trying to get past, um, you know, ran into LeBron in the finals in the bubble. And then he's been having to get past some, I mean, the Bucks and the Celtics have been so good over the years. It's just such an interesting story. Like it's, it's more compelling because on the heat side of it, 
it didn't start until the playoffs did. You know, all year you weren't like, oh, what if the Heat, like, you know what I mean? Like, there was none of that. With the Nuggets, there was. But then once the playoffs started, it was like, ooh, Golden State or maybe the Lakers will make a finals run. Like, there, it was all out the window. Like, everybody was kind of rooting for a different storyline. It's just weird. And the basketball is going to be really good is all I got to say about it. Yeah, either way, and if somehow you do get this Boston uh, hockey-esque come from behind and they end up in the finals, then at that point, I I believe you're going to have must-see TV because the hype Mm -hmm. for that series will be undeniable just because, you know, if if this Eastern Conference Finals goes to a Game 7, like I think I think a lot of people will will put life on pause to watch that game that don't normally watch it. And yeah. we may have Tyler Hero back in there, as James points out, which we mm-hmm. talked about that before. We were wondering now we're behind. I think we had it. We had it about around game three or four when we thought we would see him. So we're a few games off on that. But the, the question I have here um, is. Would you are you going to bring Tyler Hero back at a like can because I, I can't even I wanted to say would you bring him back in a limited role but then it's sort of how many minutes can you afford uh, Heat and six yeah maybe I think that's what the Heat will be hoping I, I, my personal opinion and then I'll hand it to you John is that the Heat might break glass in case of emergency for Tyler Hero if they find themselves in a game seven but otherwise I don't think we see him to the NBA Finals. I agree, because then you can sort of – it's a natural stopping point or a natural transition point when you when you get to a new series. Boston by 16 right now. Um, but, you know, like, it'd be tough to work into this particular matchup, I feel like, because I think when he comes back, regardless, it should be off the bench, in my opinion. Fair. Um, I mean, I guess there are – there are uh, times where they start a little smaller in Kayla Martin's year four, um, you know, more or less. But I feel like it should still be, you know, some combination of Martin Struess, Vincent, you know, yeah. two or three of those guys, Jimmy, maybe Love, and then Bam. Um, and then Hero should just kind of be that bench spark um and and so maybe sort of run the second unit and he might not even he might not even close games in his first couple back because i i feel like the mojo with that closing five for the heat has been so good like yep. it's it's just tough to disrupt that whole thing but you can use him to sort of buoy the non jimmy minutes for example mm-hmm. or when you you like as an on ball guy um but like we talked about two weeks ago maybe um was it might it might throw things off it might throw throw off the way the offense has been running if if you all of a sudden you get a ball dominant guy back in the swing of things and you're like hey get back to back to normal like i don't know yeah exactly and that's that's a good point we talked about that and nate i'll hand this to you because i know I know you're not as in deep in the trenches of the basketball world as we are, but the the concept, the question that I have for you is is similar across some other sports. We see it in football sometimes with an injured quarterback, but with the timing of this, we know Tyler Hero is a big player for this team. We know he was playing really well when he got hurt, but like John said, 
there's been a lot of momentum. They've they've been finishing games with a specific five that's been doing well for them. If if it's your call, you have a guy coming back. Are you gonna risk mixing things up and bringing him back, or are you gonna wait till the next series? What what's your call? I'd probably wait till the next series unless absolutely it goes to a game seven, which you know I personally think it will. Uh, just you know, <laughs> guaranteeing the Celtics here. But I mean, kind of want to mess with um, continuity, and also you don't really want to mess with like the gelness of that specific lineup. Although I gotta say, just gambling wise, I absolutely hate Gabe Vincent. He has screwed me on so many damn parlays. Um, I I just don't ever want to see him play basketball or anything <laughs> ever again. <laughs> well, that's we love that. I mean, I love Gabe Vincent, but uh, I understand. I don't bet during the playoffs. I think I've talked about this. Uh, people have asked me throughout the playoffs for advice on parlays, and I kind of try to casually you say, yeah, I mean, could be good. I don't know because – I, everything just goes out the window. I the, the trends get bucked quite often, uh, especially if you run a six or seven leg parlay. All it ta- I've seen people miss parlays because James Harden couldn't hit two threes, and they got everything else on their parlay. But then one of the things you expect to be a gimme doesn't happen because it's just the the world of the NBA playoffs are weird. So I feel your pain on that, but I that's why I avoid it. I uh, I'll bet NFL playoffs all day long but not the nba keep me out of that it just drive me mad it's 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 more different from the nba regular season than the nfl playoffs are from the nfl season i think just because when it's a seven game series you're you're so much more because there's always a week of preparation in the nfl but the nba when you get to a series you're so much more dialed into the other team's game plan. It becomes so much more like matchup dependent. There's the adjustments back and forth. Like, yeah, I mean, it's very unlike um, the regular season, especially with, yeah, stuff like that, like trends, you know? I mean, you might see a game where they're just, yeah, like with your Harden example, maybe they're just blitzing every Harden pick and roll and he's not, He's not taking threes that game because of how they're playing him. And how could you how could you predict that? You know, they don't really adjust like that drastically in the regular season because you got to get through 82 games, you know? Yep. In between games, I can take a break for a second, you know? Like yeah, they might come up with a a whole new game plan. And there's another factor. What if it's a game five situation? Like, what if it's this situation we're looking at right now? Where correct me if I'm wrong, but I see Boston with a 19-point lead. Miami probably won't do this, but there are teams throughout the playoffs in this position. We're down 20. It's a long season. So it feels like a longer postseason at times. We're going to give guys a rest and we're just going to take our loss here and live to play tomorrow with a fresher set of legs. And then, boom, your parlay's toasted because how are you going to know that one team is going to come out of the third quarter and hit six of seven right out of the gate and start on a run that just throws everything? It throws all the scouting reports, throws everything out, and then next thing you know, your guys aren't even playing. So, you know, I had people 
in some group chats today talking about, you know, oh, Jason Tatum's a lock for 30 points tonight or talking about his assist numbers. And I'm like, good luck. Good luck, fam. I will. Uh, I'll be cheering you on from here. I don't want any part of that. Uh, it's hard enough to predict the winners of these games, let alone to figure out the exact ebb and flow, especially you want to you really you're going to watch the same Jason Tatum I've watched for the last two months and say, I'm going to confidently bet on that man's performance, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. How are you going to predict that at this point? Seriously, good for you if you do. Seriously, <laughs> Celtics shooting, shooting is getting back on track a little bit. If if they're on, it's tough for the Heat to win. The last seven quarters, they've been shooting forty-one percent as a team from downtown. Um, yeah, they just went up by twenty. Yep. Mark Smart makes one, misses one from the line, and he just hit a three as well. Yep. Uh, they're up by. I got to say, Marcus Smart has been the biggest surprise of the series, in my opinion. I I feel like he's had, you know. For for what's been going on with the Celtics with, you know, some struggles, I feel like he's been the most consistent player this series. And I honestly think he's probably one of the more slept-on players. Martin Smart just hit another three as you're talking about him. <laughs> there you go. Well, as if on cue. You know, be, and that's, that's what they so often have needed in Boston. They – they yet they don't really have a consistent third option. They have lots of decent third options on any given night. Like how many times have and maybe you got maybe this hasn't happened for you guys, but there have been several instances in going back to last year's playoffs where I thought, wow, Derek White, huh? Like, oh, this is a Derek White game. Here's the game. The Celtics are winning this one because Derek White had 28, but it's just never consistent enough. Um, right. And you don't get. You know, we hear about the uh, Brogdon injury. Apparently, he's had a torn tendon in his forearm all season, which maybe explains a little bit about some of his shooting woes. But, you know, that's another guy that you expect, which he did. He attacks the rim. He does a lot that not enough players in Boston do outside of Tatum and Brown, and that's look to score when they have the ball instead of looking, oh, no, oh, Horford's not open in the corner. I better get it to Jason or Jalen. Um, that's mm-hmm. just kind of what everybody else seems to do, unless – unless they're Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard trying to shoot a three-pointer themselves. Everybody else just kind of is looking for, you know, let's give it give it to the man. Um, and so, yeah, they need somebody. And for Marcus Smart, it's just been that lack of consistency. So, you know, maybe, maybe we're seeing him step up. Unfortunately, I, he's just kind of streaky. So I just see this as we're in the midst of a good Marcus streak and then – I don't know that it will last even throughout this series, but right now he does seem to be a, a bit of a saving grace, especially in this very moment, hitting all those threes right there in a row. Yeah, he's one of those guys who's kind of like, like in terms of his aggressiveness and his like usage that he has control over, he kind of is always always trying to find the sweet spot. Like I feel like as you know, as they transitioned away from it. Um, and then away from Kyrie and Jalen and Jason are starting to blossom. Marcus Smart was still kind of taking too many shots, you know, holding the ball a little bit too much and needed to let those guys get going. And then at certain times, like especially this playoff run, it seems like he's been too passive where it's like, yeah, you know, let's find Jalen or Jason. And then, you know, I'll I'll spot up because – 
you know, we have to run something through them. We have one of them has to ISO. One of them has to do a high pick and roll if this is going to work, you know. Um, but it, it's kind of finding that balance, I think, for him in the middle ground where, like, yeah, he's being just aggressive enough to keep everybody honest. Um, and and as, as that third option. And if they're they got to get that from somebody. And if it's not the same person every night, that's fine. But if it's nobody some nights, they're losing <laughs> to the heat, you know? Yep. I agree with you 100%. It doesn't have to always be him, but they need it. They need to get it a little more consistently. Yeah. Oh, is Justin Jaylen, Herbert. Is it Jalen Brown? Literally every time somebody talks about trading for somebody for any team, it's just like they could get Jalen Brown. That's all I've been hearing for like three weeks for everybody. I hear that, and I hear a lot of uh, Mikhail Bridges will is not. You know, the Nets are not interested in trading Mikhail Bridges for this person. Mikhail, yeah, the Nets are not interested in trading. <laughs> yep, him too. Oh, him Justin too. Herbert says uh, his source. I'm going to guess that it's Austin Eckler, but it might be Keenan Allen. Um, but we have a really good source. Apparently, is it is that? Did did Justin Herbert confirm in the comments there that it will be? That Jalen Brown is the rumor. Even James no, not, E. Not James yet. like That's herbs. My guess. That's Herbie. my guess. Jalen Brown. Herbs. We like it. I appreciate you, Justin Herbert, joining in the chat, sir. Let us know what your thoughts are on the finals. And that goes for all of you. We've got you. Let me see. Ooh, we are triple streaming here. We are live on. We've got viewers on all three platforms, gentlemen. So that is always fantastic. Thank you all for watching. Let us know your thoughts. We are going to start talking about these NBA finals here that we think we're going to see a little bit. Maybe dip into the NBA draft. I know we've talked about some potential trades. Um, you know, I think that's for you. Uh, LeBron? That's, uh, Oh, the LeBron goat. Ooh, okay, okay. And the Nuggets. Yep, Justin's Justin's picking the Nuggets for the finals, and I think that's uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, so we're at the end of the third. So before this whole thing ends, we will check back in with our Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. save the NBA final predictions for now, just in case, just in case some things get a little wild, we might actually be able to put a rub. You might be able to put a stamp on our official uh, finals predictions. If the heat managed to uh, crawl out of this uh, cellar, but Nate, you had some ideas. We talked previously about some, uh, the, the draft lottery has been announced. We know who's getting what picks and we were talking about some uh, potential trades uh, to trade up. So what uh, what do you got for us? Any thoughts on the NBA draft? So mind you, these are not trades that I thought of on my own. I just happened to read them in an article uh, on, on ESPN here. But somebody made the suggestion to trade Joel Embiid for the number one overall pick, Toronto's 2024 first round pick. Doug McDermott and Devontae Graham. Uh, so Spurs would get Embiid and Sixers would get all of that, which I'm not sure how I feel about that one. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like that's weirdly enough, I feel like that's way too much for Embiid. Just how Embiid is with the playoffs. Oh man, I would love to hear. So we happen to have a Sixers fan in the chat right now, Justin Herbert. So I want to know your thoughts. 
on that suggested trade. Nate, can you run through it one more time? I'm not sure if John heard it. Uh, the Embiid trade for a number one overall pick. Nate has the details. This comes from ESPN. Uh, Embiid for number one overall pick. Toronto's 2024 first round pick. Doug McDermott and Devontae Graham. So Wemby, yes. Toronto's first <laughs> for next year. <laughs> Devontae Graham and Doug McDermott. I mean, both solid role players. James says no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because you know what I mean. Like, what is what is San Antonio accomplishing with that? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's kind of like I get it. I get it from a Philly perspective, I guess. Where you're like, all right, let's reset. But I don't know. There's got to. I feel like there would have to be an a secondary move to a company that, like, it would have to be something like you know, I'll sign with the Clippers if you sign Paul George. Like, somebody else has to be going to San Antonio to to join that team like it can't just be a beat all it, it'd be like you know trading dame for a bunch of assets that make the team you traded him to a non-factor so it's just like he stayed in portland like that would be a worse situation for Embiid. and yeah Spurs. yeah i don't i don't like it i i you know it's an it's one i've never heard right. anything like <laughs> I ra- I'd rather have Wemby and James. Yeah, uh, yeah James seconds that. <laughs> that is from. Uh, I don't know who this is, but I just wanted to make sure I give credit. That was from Jamal Collier. Yes, yes. Make sure wow. that the uh, the anger doesn't go in Nate's direction. He's just reporting yeah. the weather, <laughs> folks. All right. He is not stirring up the the smoke himself. Now we have a note here from our diehard sports fan. Um, Let's see. Uh, I think, oh, Herbert's source. Okay. If the Nuggets win. Oh, he says his brother is an all-Colorado fan. If the Nuggets win, shake my head. All his teams would have a title. Rockies, Nuggets, Broncos. I get that. We've got we've got some family hey, hey, sports hey, rivalries. Hey. You know, what you got, Nate? The Rockies have made the World Series once and have never won a title. So let's walk that oh, back. Oh, good call. Good call. Good catch. See? Don't they, worry. Don't worry, Herbert. You got that. They made and played – was it when they played Boston in like? Yeah, they they came out of nowhere in t- 2007 and were looking yeah. real hot, and then basically came out flatter than Tom Brady's footballs. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, I like that a lot. Oh man, so I you know I've heard a couple of other interesting trade ideas while we're talking about the NBA trade stuff. Now nothing as detailed is what Nate has although I I do have one detailed one I'll save this one for the end because this has nothing to do with draft picks but I've heard rumors that Charlotte might be interested in trading out of the two spot which would make sense they have five draft picks Um, and then of course Portland seems to think that they can package either Anthony Simons or Shaden Sharp with the three pick and acquire one player that will then make them a title contender along with Dame Lillard you can probably hear 
the doubt in my voice. But, John, what do you think about either of those trades? Do you see anybody making any candidates for trading up to two or three in your mind? Well, the Nets, that's one of the packages for which the Nets said Mikhail Bridges was unavailable. Um, yes, that was, yep. They said, yep. they were like, just so we're clear, we are not interested in making this move with you. Yeah, they've probably just seen it projected way too many times. Um, so, I don't know what Portland's future picks look like. Are they stepping ruled out, basically? Because I know they gave them up for, like, Jeremy Grant. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I mean, like that, it, like if they could, if they could put together a nut, like if it turns into a Philly, uh, just wanting to reset and moving on from Harden, moving on from Embiid, Lillard and Embiid would be really cool. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, but like you know, I don't know because there, there's nobody out, like there's nobody of a lesser caliber who would actually make that a title contender. You know what I mean? You know, my, my whole thing with that is I think the trailblazers would be better served shipping Lillard out to somebody rather than trying to make a splash on the trade market. Cause I just don't know that they really have m- much to contend with, even with getting, you know, a superstar through this third pick here. I just, I just feel like they would be better off kind of tearing it down and then boom in from there. I, agree. I don't I disagree with that. Yeah, go ahead, John. That's like a, uh, it's a, it's probably a better path forward. I was going to say an easier path forward. It's not because you're going to have to make the right picks if you want that to work out and so on. Um, But like they could just get, they could box themselves in so tight if they trade every asset they can scrounge up for like a like a third tier kind of star like a like an all like an all-star caliber player who's probably not an all NBA caliber player like kind of that area um and then all of a sudden you know you've got two, three more years of really, really effective Dame Lillard. I don't know, man. That's that's a tough spot to be in. You've got to win one if you do if you do something like that. Because, you know, and then all you're going to hear for years is who you could have gotten at three. You know, whoever pans out past pick three, you're going to get reamed about. Yeah. <laughs> that is true as well. Yeah. Ah, uh, it it's a tough one. I I agree with like I would just be trading Dame Lillard at this point if I'm Portland. If it's tough to say, even if that's not necessarily what he would want, which is weird. It's weird that I I it's just something I guess I can't quite relate to. Um, I, if I were in that position, I would want to win a championship, um, especially if I had the kind of funds to really be able to live wherever and it doesn't, and I, you're, you're traveling all season long anyway. So I don't understand how like plenty of athletes like a city, stay in that city and then go work from wherever they're going to go work and, and still have a home where they were at. But like James says here, 
we want Dame in the playoffs. We want meaningful yeah. Dame hoops. We want Dame time, damn it. And when it matters, not volleyball line three-pointers at the end mm-hmm. of the third period in the 73rd game of the regular season. Yeah, no, like let, let me get it in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs. Come on, or the his, Eastern Conference playoffs. His game six buzzer beater against Houston in 14, 2014. Um it was it was like the the challenger exploded. I remember exactly where I was. I remember everything about that day. I remember being like, ooh, Rockets Blazers tonight. Like that shot was it was right in my formative years. Like that's one of my favorite playoff plays I've ever seen. Um and like I can't tell if it's like, you know, we wanna we wanna do right by Dame, so we wanna get a, a championship contender into Portland. Like doing right by Dame is like is sending him to a contender, frankly. And it's probably better for your organization, but it's like we want Dame to get what he deserves, but we want to give him what he deserves. We don't want him to get it from somebody else. It's like a weird, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like that episode of The Office when Michael Scott has to drive his girlfriend to Nashua, and he's like, this is what I hope for you. I hope that you meet someone. I hope you meet a great guy and you fall in love. And she she starts crying and says, thank you. And he goes, and, and it's great because that's happened because you've met me and we <laughs> are in love. Like, that's the Portland Trailblazers right now with Dame Lillard. Like, just, just, just let it go, man. Just because the Michael Scott reference, I've actually got a Michael Scott shirt on. Let's go. <laughs> the quote is the the one episode where he just says, I am dead inside. And it's it's just the, <laughs> the caption picture. My fiance got it. There's two things you can count on this show, basketball talk and office references, at least, yes. except when it's whenever I'm on vacation, you might not get them. I don't know. But Michael yeah. says, Dame is my favorite player, not named Giannis or Darren Fox. I'd give anything for him to be in Milwaukee. Now, that would be fun. Now, I don't even I do not have the wherewithal, nor do I have the trade machine up on an open tab to try to figure that out. But, John, you have some thoughts on that? Well, yeah, Middleton would have to opt in, right? Is his player option this year? He would have to opt in. And Dame makes like 50, though. Um, and the yeah, Bucks don't have any picks. I don't, yeah, I don't see how. They traded five seconds for, uh, <laughs> for, for Jay Crowder. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. oh oh that's great that created some memes too when that happened yeah right but uh, yeah i don't know what i mean what do you trade drew holiday and you you trade half the team in return for dame i don't even know and then you get a third team involved to get some draft capital moving i don't i don't know yeah yeah middleton would have to opt in and then you'd have to move him immediately as part of it he's 32 like it'd have to be and who else do you who else do you have man that would be cool because that i mean that's actually like a yeah they're very deep team yeah they could afford it but you know justin says the sixers will make a push for him if harden goes to houston and he followed up by saying then Embiid will finally have his closer now ryan chimes in thank you ryan for your comment we appreciate you he says my personal opinion if dame moves out to a decent team 
he would realize he is not the player who he thought he was. Now, that is interesting. I have uh, been known a time or two to have uh, similar takes when it came to the likes of, you know, Chris Bosh, Kevin Love. I've always been one to say that even on a bad team, someone's got to score. When you, when you play 48 minutes a night, uh, somebody's probably going to average close to 20 points a night on any team in the NBA. You're going to have at least one guy who does it. So sometimes you do have to take into account, like, is this is this just being the best player on a bad team? I personally think Dame is, is still an all-star quality player. Um, I, I still think he's got it. But it would be very interesting. It would be very interesting to see him play with an actual um, – a cast around him like would he be able to fit as as a as a piece of a whole right well as he gets older is he going to be willing to take that back seat or is he going to be like Allen Iverson refusing to come off the bench and uh, hurting his team stuff like that Mm -hmm. um James says the hot take on Dame there oh here we go Lee brings one up this is the one I was saving with the details so let's do it we're going to switch to a LeBron trade real quick. Wait, I got – hang on. I got something else. Okay, Celtics are up 18 with eight and a half to go. Now let's see. Lee adds this other one. Let's go here. Uh, talking of trades, LeBron to Warriors for Kaminga, Wiggins, Poole. Yes. Uh, so that would be straight up, right? So LeBron in exchange for – I, I wasn't coming. So the one that I saw was Poole, Kuminga, and Moody. Um, but I think Kuminga and Wiggins might be um, a little bit like those three with Wiggins in there, I think is is way. I don't know that that works. But anyway, what do you guys think think about that? We've seen some crazy LeBron for players, straight up trade offers coming out. Nate, we haven't heard from you in a minute. Let me see. What do you think first about LeBron getting traded? I mean, I think it would be a stupid trade just because so much is up in the air. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I don't. I think it's just dumb, period, until you figure out what the hell he's actually going to do. Um, and I think you still probably need to um, pay more than that, as weird as it is. Yeah, isn't and is it gonna be that much of a like? I think year one, it's still gonna be like Steph and LeBron's gonna be sick if they're you know forty eight, they're still gonna get buckets. But is it gonna be like an immediate contender like that list of names would have been a few years ago, or is this gonna be like the ninety six Rockets where it's like we got. Hakeem, Charles Barkley, and Clyde Drexler on the team. This team's going <laughs> all the way, but it's or the 04 what? Lakers with Carl Malone and Gary Payton. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Like, so is it? I mean, which is it going to be like that? Because they are aging out. They're all time greats, all time greats. But like, man, that's I don't know because you're you're. Wiggins, Kaminga, and Poole is all your current wing depth. You'll still have GP2, I suppose, and then you're just filling them out, filling out the roster with uh, vet men's. Like, I don't know, man. That <laughs> was a deep touch. 
<laughs> with the deep cut. Uh, Justin says LeBron to Philly. Now, I also need to clarify something. I did jump in the comments to clarify this, but he he said, wow, Kev, wow. Allen Iverson, Iverson comparison. I just I just yeah. want to point out, I was talking about when Denver traded Allen Iverson to the Detroit Pistons, all right? No shade meant at Philly AI, but um, I actually watched at John's request, which is another good reason for you guys to get in our Discord because we're sharing other people's content that you should watch, not just our own. Oh, I watched that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. fall of the rebuilding Pistons. Yeah, I watched that video today on my lunch break, and I was reminded. This is so fun, man. First of all, AI could still drop an amazing dime even at that age. But, yes, he, he, he went to an all-star Pistons. game in Detroit. Yep, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't, he wasn't done yet. But, man, that, that team sure probably could have used him as being their leader off the bench. <laughs> oh, did you get it, Rodney? Yeah, I was just laughing at that. <laughs> you, you know who I think should trade for for LeBron? Who's that? The Indiana Pacers. Get out of here! Wouldn't even want it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't even want it. They would have to. They would have to mortgage. So that's that's what they finally they send Buddy Heald back to the Lakers in exchange as part of the LeBron deal. So here, you want him now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that wouldn't happen. I think realistically, and maybe here's where we can have a little bit of fun playing the hypothetical game. There's a few minutes left in the fourth, so maybe we can stick around and ride this game out. Ooh, Timberwolves, is that is that where Brownie's going? Brown of the Wolves, Ant and Braun. You guys can have Cat. Cat. We'll give you Cat we'll and like uh Yeah, you're right, James. He would never go to the Pacers. <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about Pacers or Timberwolves when he yeah, says he ain't playing for that shit hey, franchise. Either one, probably. You know what, yes. You know what, though? At least the Pacers have some proud history. I can't even say that the Timberwolves do. The Pacers history is proud before they joined the NBA. Wait right. here. Oh yeah, there it is. You don't remember that 04 run? <laughs> Sam Cassell, <laughs> dude. Listen, Nate. If Cassell never got hurt. We're looking at an illustrious history. We're looking at a banner. Oh, man. I, With I the exception of Wally Zerbiak, who will forever All be day. shunned in this household, yeah, that that Timberwolves squad back in the day was pretty solid. You know, That team uh, was beating the 4 Pistons all day, dude. <laughs> Healthy all day. Maybe. It shouldn't have been the 4 Pistons. It should have been the Pacers. But, you know, Meta and World Peace had to blow that whole thing true. up, didn't he? That's yeah. true. Mm, no, the, the pain of the early 2000s will never leave. Oh, man. Yeah. Just a, a couple of things on the trade front here. But before I say that, I was <laughs> looking at the Pacers roster just to um, – <laughs> Justin says, if LeBron goes to the Pacers, he would kiss my ass on Main Street. Go ahead, Nate. You were saying – well, which Main Street are we talking about here? Yeah, I don't think any of them. I don't think he cares. That He's that confident. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Probably High Street here in Columbus. How about that? Yeah, there we go. I was going to say, I was just before I have a couple other trade things for the first pick that I saw, I wanted to say I was looking at the Pacers roster just real quick because I was kind of curious, like legitimately what would it take to get LeBron and everybody except for Gabe York on their list has a picture on here. Gabe York. It lists him being on the Pacers roster. I mean, you would know better than me. I was going to say, I, 
outside of 2K, not not super familiar with Gabe York's game, if I'm being honest with you. So uh, we'll call him a rotational depth piece, probably a G League guy. I don't really know. Let me know in the comments if you're a Gabe York stan. But um, yeah, what? So what? Do you, what have you got on the LeBron trade? You said you've got a couple of trades, Nate. What you got? Well, for the first pick, I I just a couple other things that were in this article. <coughs> to uh, one of them was the Thunder trade Chet Holgram, their twelfth pick, two thousand twenty four first rounder from the Rockets, two thousand twenty five first rounder from the 76ers and 2026 first rounder from the Clippers for the number one pick. And then the other crazy one that I saw was the Spurs get Paulo Banchera, Jalen Suggs, and two first round picks, the sixth and the 11th for the first. What? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you trade? Correct me if I'm wrong. Paolo Bancaro did, in fact, win Rookie of the Year, right? That didn't he did. somehow magically not happen. You know, they didn't just decide to give it to my boy Benny um, as, a, as a nice try kid. Uh, yeah, so why would you trade the Rookie of the Year? Now, Jalen Suggs, I understand, has been hurt, and I might be a little bit higher on him than most are, but I've watched what he did in Gonzaga. And let's not forget, at one point, everyone was really high on this guy. So you got Jalen Suggs as well who if anyone can afford to get rid of him, it would be Orlando. They're kind of deep in the young guard department right now, especially with the resurgence of Markel Fultz. However, Paolo Bancaro, Jalen Suggs, and the 6 and 11 pick for the number one pick when you already have last year's Rookie of the Year, how much more upside do you need than Paolo Bancaro? I think that's foolish. I would rather see them. I wouldn't mind seeing them package that and get a veteran to add to the young core if they think they're ready to make a playoff run. But honestly, with the injury issues they've had with guys like Jonathan Isaac, with Suggs, with even Markel Fultz, like I honestly would probably just take the picks if I'm Orlando. I would not be trading. Uh, I would not be trading Ben Carroll for Wemby. What about you, John? Am I crazy? I wouldn't either. I'm taking the bird in the hand. Yeah, as uh, as our one commenter said uh, a little back in the day earlier, I'd rather have Wemby. How about that? Yeah, I'd rather just uh, make that trade. I'd rather not make that trade if I'm at one than, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I got it backwards. I'd rather have Paolo um, than make all of those trades for Wemby. But, Nate, what else you got? That one was pretty wild. Um, That's really all I've seen. They were all from the same article, the crazy – crazy Orlando trade was from Andrew Lopez and that uh, Chet Holgram, all the picks one was from a guy named Kevin Pelton. But aside from that, I haven't really seen anything else, but I've also been kind of, you know, not really focused on anything basketball related, just with it being, you know, Indianapolis 500 weekend here and, and everything going on going on with that so uh but that's the only other things that i've seen in regards to some crazy basketball trades okay well thank you sir we'll get ready to uh, hit our last segment here before we do i think john's gonna take a farewell we appreciate you sir for joining us do you want to tell the folks where they can find you ah yes sir you can find me right here on bite size sports every tuesday night at 8 p.m central 9 eastern um, and then I'm also talking Vikings every Thursday, uh, generally seven or eight central 
on Minnesota Sports Talk on YouTube, uh, Skull World Live, um, and then otherwise Twitter in the Discord. You'll see the link in the chat. Um, you know, we're always sending tweets or articles or headlines or stupid memes back and forth and, and just kind of talking about throughout the week. So um, if you ever just want to chop it up outside of uh, these live chats, jump in the Discord. Um, but, yeah, otherwise we'll see you Tuesday talking a little football. Awesome. Thank you, John. Looking yeah. forward to talking football with you. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Bring guys. It back. Skull Vikes. Go Bears. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew Nate wouldn't let you get with that one. Yeah, I almost uh, I almost left the studio in time. <laughs> guys, yeah. That is great. Well, thank you, John and uh Nate. We will probably take our exit here soon. There's only two minutes left in this NBA game. So why don't we uh check in with you one more time? for our NHL update before I have a uh, Sixers prediction in the chat I'd like to read. What's going on on the ice? Um, it is going to overtime. Of course. Five, two to two. So, you know, going to be on my feet here in a little bit with how crazy I bet this overtime is going to be one way or another. Um, funny enough, they will not make, hit the uh, – over on the over under though i mean for all those degenerate hockey gamblers that we have that watch the uh, feeds here um but uh, you know it's gonna be you're gonna see either i'm i'm pissed or or very ecstatic here in a couple of minutes so we'll see how that goes We'll see how that goes on Twitter, and we'll get you out of here soon, Nate. So I just want to go ahead and share this. Once again, thank you to all of you who chatted and in the in the comments. We really appreciate you. You make this show so much fun to do. You make it worth showing up every week, and we really appreciate you. We couldn't do it without you. And here we go. Justin Herbert said, Sixers coach will be Nick Nurse, Jay Wright, Sam Cassell, or J.J. Redick. You heard it here first. Sources, too our dear friend Justin Herbert, who also says even his walleye came back from a 4-1 deficit last night because hockey has been intense. And yes, I love that we had our NHL updates throughout this show. So thank you, Nate, for providing those. That has been a lot of fun. Don't look now, but the Heat have cut it to 12 with a minute 14 left in the fourth. But I think we can pretty much call this one. The Celtics are staying alive. Now, I will uh, probably hang out maybe just for a few more seconds, but Nate, it's time to say goodbye. I will let you go first. Tell the folks where they can find you so you can get off this stream and go watch your uh, Golden Knights in overtime. I got to say, though, real quick before I do, did I, remind me, did you pick the Heat to still win this series? I did pick the Heat to still win this series, yes. I you believe you're the only one – on this network so far that's been ballsy enough to pick the Celtics to win in seven. You uh, you want to do a little kind of friendly, kind of not friendly way? <laughs> Go on. I'll, I'll, I'll hear you out. What are, we, what are we betting on? So you you get the heat, and I'll take the Celtics. Okay. The, the loser has to drink a shoey. Oh, uh, for the folks at home, what, what would a shoey be? Let them know. What am I really wagering here? So I can have them help me out in the comments and whether or not I should do this. 
uh, you would be drinking a beer out of your shoe. Mm-hmm. What do you think, guys? Should I bet it? Am I confident enough that the Heat will win this series that I'll bet a shoe beer on it? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I think, you know what? I'll take you up on that, all right? So if the Celtics win in seven, I'll be doing mine. It might be on one of our social medias. I might not be able to do it here in the studio because a shoe beer will get all over the place. But I'll I'll take you up on it. The only deal is, though, if they lose, Nate, then you have to drink a shoe beer. Oh, all right? I, I'm absolutely fine with that. All right. Is it my? And are we drinking out of our own shoes? Right. I don't have to drink out of your shoe. Yeah. No. Don't worry okay. about drinking out of my shoe. Thank God. All right. I'm fine with that. So there we go. Uh, the game has ended. So the NBA, uh, the NBA Eastern Conference Finals Game Five are in the books. Boston Celtics have won. So Nate is still alive for now. Nate, before we say our goodbyes, where can the folks find you? Any parting works for the good people at home? Uh, you can find me. Most social media handles are at Ben Ham and Turkey. Um, you know, so if you're if you're hungry, I can't get you a sandwich. So make your own damn sandwich. But you can find me there. Um, and my parting words would have to be, you know, have a safe and wonderful Memorial Day weekend. You know, have a good time with family or whatever you'd be doing. And if you for all our viewers and chat members and everybody at this network, if you've got some time, maybe just, you know, give the 500 a glance on Sunday and see what you're missing out on. Ooh, there you go. It's a packed weekend because we not only have the 500, there are multiple wrestling pay-per-views that I'll be watching. I might have to do that on the second channel. We don't do a lot of that stuff here, but what we do do here are fantasy football live streams every Wednesday or Friday. We have Necessary Roughness, as John pointed out with John, Michael, and Nick, and sometimes even Nate and I and James and Trevor, Tuesdays at 9, and then, of course, this show every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll have bonus content this weekend, maybe an episode of Late Night Bites. The only way you'll know is if you're subscribed with notifications on. So go ahead and do that. That would be great. We would greatly appreciate it. But until then, thank you so much, those of you who have watched and those of you who will watch the replay later on. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. And until then, take care of yourself. As Nate said, have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Hope you get to do something fun. Watch some sports if you can.